Welcome, listeners, to Booth One. I'm your host, Gary Zabinski, bringing you the best in the art of lively conversation. Today's episode is a real treat for all you musical theater fans out there. I recently went up to Writer's Theater here on the North Shore in beautiful Glencoe, Illinois, to see the world premiere of Trevor the Musical. Now, this show is produced by Special Arrangement with U-Rock Theatricals, and it's based on the 1994 Academy Award-winning short live-action film of the same name, though without music. And it's set in 1981. Uh, The story follows what happens to 13-year-old Trevor, a passionate Diana Ross fan when his crush on a hunky schoolmate named Pinky Faraday gets discovered. The source material for the film is from writer, performer, help me out here, Tyrone, James Lesesny, who brought Trevor as a character he created as part of his award-winning one-man show called Word of Mouth. The show originally was directed by Eve Ensler uh, before Eve Ensler was Eve Ensler. She was not quite as famous at at that point and produced in New York City by Mike Nichols and Elaine May. So pretty good pedigree there. Well, the musical writing team of Dan Collins and Julianne Wick Davis have taken the coming of age story and transformed it into a super entertaining and emotional musical piece of drama, humor, pathos, self-discovery and writer's theater and U-Rock theatricals have mounted the world premiere right here in Booth One's backyard. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the booth today three of the talented participants in this groundbreaking musical, actor Eli Tokash, got that right, didn't I, first time, who plays Trevor, Tori Waples, uh, who plays the ill-fated love interest, uh, (laughs) Kathy, that's Kathy with a C, and assistant director Tyrone Phillips, who is also co-founder and artistic director of Definition Theater right here in the city of Chicago. Well, welcome to Booth One, all of you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Tyrone, you've been a guest on Booth One before on episode, I believe it was episode 40, with uh, playwright Evan Linder, when you directed his play, By Halia, Mississippi. That's still one of my favorite productions of the last 10 years, <laughs> you, uh, without Gary. question. Uh, well, let me start by saying to all of you, I absolutely love this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I even stood at the curtain call, which yeah. if you ask oh. anybody, Ooh. it is not something I am prone to do regularly. <laughs> so I was absolutely thrilled with it. It's a wonderful production. You should all be very proud and congratulated for it. Eli, I'm going to start with you, I think, today. You play the title role in this show, and you come from a very extensive of background of experience for such a <laughs> such a young man. Uh, tell you. the listeners how old you are. Uh, I'm 14. 14. So you're just right about the age that Trevor is. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You were in Finding Neverland and in Pippin on Broadway, right? Yes. Tell me about how you came into the acting business and, and how the role of Trevor came your way. First of all, where do you live permanently? I live in New York right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, so my sister was doing like a little regional production in Pittsburgh of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. And I was actually on my on the way back to my from my hockey tournament, and I saw her on her opening night and at intermission. I was like, "Oh my god, I want to do this! Can I? Can, is there a way that I can do this too? Like, I, this is so cool!" Because my sister and I, we would always sing at home and stuff. You know, yeah. like we would always mess around. There was a couple professional actors in the in the show as well. So my mom and dad had talked to them and they were like, what do we do? Like, if they actually want to do this, I don't know what's going to happen or anything. <laughs> like, we didn't think every, anything of it. We were just thinking to doing it for fun. And then I auditioned for something in Pittsburgh and then an agent saw me and then one thing led to another. Did you do a lot of commercial work as well? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah I think of- I've seen you in a commercial. Really? I'm not sure if it was a car commercial yes, or something. Yes, it was. Like, yes. Oh, yes. Is it an Audi no commercial? Way. I knew it. No I, way. I, I, I'm telling our producer, <laughs> I knew that that was Eli when I saw it. So you gave up a promising ice hockey career to go into show business? Yeah. It's weird <laughs> enough, you know? Like, it was out of the blue, too. Like, you had never thought this nine-year-old kid from good old West Virginia would right. end up being a 
show business, you know. Well, str- stranger <laughs> things, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and and well, you're you're extremely talented. Thank so you. So I'm not surprised that you were uh, virtually immediately successful in the business. <laughs> Thank um, you. And that's that's congratulations. That's wonderful, Tori. You're a local actress. Yeah. You're just from up here on the North Shore in Gray's Lake. Yes. Um, those of you who don't know where Gray's Lake is, Google it. Uh, it's a lovely <laughs> place. It's very nice yeah. up there. Lots of trees, very woody, yep. beautiful place. Now, how did you get into the business? And well, you're 14 as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I used to be a figure skater. Yes. So Another um, ice connection, <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What was and, I doing? and I used to do competitive skating, and I did competitions and stuff, and... Then I broke my arm, and as soon as figure, I... Figure skating? Mm-hmm, and as soon as I broke it, I told my mom, I was like, listen, I want to get on the stage. I just want to perform. Mm. And ever since I was two, I, used, I always told my mom, can you build me a stage so I can sing and dance on it? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yep. and, and did she? They didn't. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know... You can so, always use your back deck, you know, yeah, as, yeah, as the stage. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So as soon as I was done ice skating, I just started doing community theater, and I just loved it. Tell me about the audition process for Trevor and how you got the role. This character has <laughs> about that long on screen in the film. And yep. this, this musical was uh, crafted based on the film, uh, and it's only a 17-minute film. Virtually no one else has any dialogue other than Trevor, who's reading... Essentially, from his diary, yeah. he's narrating the picture mm-hmm. for us. And there's one, I think, just one shot of Kathy. Yeah. She kind of turns around and yep. looks at the camera. And from that, they crafted an entire character. Yeah. Multi dimensional, funny, uh, smart, and so appealing. How did you audition for this role and how did you get it? Well, they had only agent calls. But then they finally opened a cattle call, which anyone can come to. And I came to the first audition for that, and I saw lots of girls there. I know the girl Carly, who's in the production, she had braces. And I was like, oh, she's good. She's going to get it. So I just, <laughs> I, I just went in there, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then a couple days later, they're like, okay, we want you to come and audition for Kathy. And I was like, oh, okay, that's exciting. Um, she has braces. I have braces, (laughs) and I did not think that I was actually going to get into a show because of my braces, Mm. because Mm -hmm. because when I was in the Secret Garden down at Court Theater, I was supposed to get braces in sixth grade, but I couldn't. I had to hold off two years from getting them because that was set a long time ago, and they didn't Mm. have braces then, and then my mom's like, well, you probably aren't going to get any shows because of these braces. Are you sure you just (laughs) don't want Invisalign? I was like, no, I want the colors, I want the rubber bands, I want all of it, and then the show rolled around, and I was like, this girl has braces, and I was like, this girl is me. I'm this dorky character. She has braces, she she wears glasses, and and you're quoted as saying, and she has boy troubles. Yes! (laughs) How could this not be a perfect role for you? Yes! Well, I do have glasses, but then when I finally got this show, my mom's like, well, they're not going to let you wear those cute little glasses. You're going to have giant glasses, which I do. So I finally was like, okay, it's high school. I'm going to get contacts, which is perfect because I wear fake glasses in the show. Yeah, yeah. And they're, yeah. And they're big glasses and they, because... they're huge circle glasses on my face. Because it's 1981, yeah. and that's what, you know... That's, that's what they that's wore. The fash- that was fashionable then, yeah. I guess. It was. Well, you're fantastic in the Thank show. You. you captured my heart immediately. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry you can't capture Trevor's heart, yeah. but well, he well. sort of leans a different way, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yep. Tyrone, the show, as we're talking about here, is set in 1981. You were the assistant director on the yeah. show, and it's set in fictional Lakeview, America. <laughs> I don't, don't know where that is, but it mm-hmm. could be right next door to you, wherever you're living. And while you were working on the show with director Mark Bruni of a beautiful The Carol King musical fame, and the writers, why set the show in 1981 as the film version is? I'm sure there was lots yeah. of discussion about that. I mean, the themes and situations and characters and the situations the characters find themselves in seem as pertinent now as ever, except I guess Diana Ross was more 
popular in 1981. Yes, That's one definitely, thing. Definitely. What, what was the kind of conversation about setting it 40 years ago? Yeah, I, most of it with the creators was you know sticking as close to the script and the and the short film that already existed, trying to as you say take that 18 minute film, but then give it a whole life on stage. And so there's you know about coming out and just the issues that it has. You would think, oh, do you need another story about coming out in today's world? You know, aren't we past that? But actually, we're not. And and I think that time period actually puts a pressure on society uh, and tells a lot about where we are. You know, as a people, then it kind of makes Trevor's story even more brave. That's that's the main thing. But they they're very they're very adamant about keeping it truthful, keeping it very real. Mark was so great. He worked with this amazingly talented cast of young performers, as we call them. Mm-hmm. But they honestly were some of the most professional people I've worked with. Uh, period. There's something to say about you know a cast of 18 and 11 are under the age of 18, and they're telling this story with such truth, with such clarity. Risks. They're doing things on stage at a young age that. It's, it's beyond bold. It's actually revolutionary in it for its time. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous ensemble. And um, well, well, maybe their egos haven't inflated too no. far yet. They're hopefully. Just, I won't tell them anymore. I don't know about these two. I'll get to that question <laughs> in, in a moment. Um, you know, Mark Bruni uh, was quoted as saying that because of the way it's set in a certain time period, that Trevor in 1981 doesn't have the, and I'll quote here, it doesn't have yeah. the language for sexual discovery. Yes. He has no role models and no real sense of what's going on. This is quite different from the kids we're working with now, exactly. you guys, Tori and Eli, who are incredibly sophisticated about things. You have cell phones and texting and you know how to do all those <laughs> uh, the technical things that you know, we old folks don't. You're full of energy and heart, as, as Tyrone has said, and you can't wait to tell the story, though they never knew the world when none of this was okay. Were you surprised, both of you, or maybe taken aback when you were thinking about this show and you thought, gosh, did times like this ever really exist when people were so unaccepting and so isolating? I know there's still that kind of behavior mm-hmm. that goes on in, in school. You're both in high school now, yeah. right? I mean, th- that that kind of thing will never go away. But this this sort of sexual identity uh, crisis, w- was it kind of a discovery for you to learn about this in 1981? Tori, I'll ask you first. Well, it was a little shocking because in high school in 2017, everyone is very accepting. You know, there's a little bullying here and there. But like my school has an LGBTQ club at our school. It's just more accepting now. But I was a little shocked about the show because the bullying this show is very, very crazy. It really is to the point where Trevor wants to commit suicide. So it was very shocking. Yeah, Eli? I guess it was a little shocking for me because, like Tori said, it is definitely more accepting than it was in 1981. It was very interesting to learn more about this and more about this time period. And it also made me become a better person I think and just think about what I say before I talk to people that are gay or something you know like I, I don't, I don't want to say things that will come across offensive even though like I don't even mean to you know mm. so um, mm-hmm. it's definitely opened my eyes about a lot of things yeah I want to ask you all about the rehearsal process of mounting a new musical <laughs> with Mark <laughs> and the authors <laughs> Wow, did I open, <laughs> am, I, am I opening a can of worms here? Did you all watch the film together as part of um, rehearsal, or were you signed that as homework or anything like that? Um, it's available on YouTube. Yes. Uh, anybody who wants to see this, just go to YouTube and, and mm-hmm. type in Trevor, and you, it'll come up. Did, did you watch the film together at all? We did not. I think we all kind of watched it on our own before this. Like, I know a bunch of kids in the workshop before this actual production watched it and like had an idea about it but we didn't watch it together was there a lot of new material coming in daily Mm -hmm. Um, oh my (laughs) that's an understatement (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean uh we would do scenes and we would try five different ways you know there's about 10 scenes like different Mm -hmm. scenes every day that we try Mm -hmm. so it it was it was really interesting to see that point of view on things and like see the see Mm -hmm. julianne and dan and mark and everyone just really figure out what works and what doesn't and sometimes even in a couple scenes they had pulled 
they'd mix them together, you know? Like, it was really cool just to see all of it come together and come to life, you know? It was really cool. Was there a lot of collaboration um, (gasps) on behalf of Mark Bruni and the cast? Was he very open to your suggestions? Oh, yeah. Bringing new things to the table, Mm -hmm. telling telling you, my character wouldn't do this, or (laughs) my character would do this. Can I try that? Was he open to that kind of thing? He was very open. He would let us try anything that we thought our character would do differently. I'd say that every time someone asked me about that, I said the, the best thing, I've learned so much from these guys. It's amazing how open they are. They know what they want, but at the same time, they're going to let us do it because they made it so that these teenagers can tell this story and make it more natural and truthful and real. So if they can get a perspective, our perspective on these things, they're so open about it and they just let us do what we feel. I mean, sometimes maybe things don't work and they're like, try this. And then we're like, okay, I like it, but can I add one more thing? Tyrone, the the best performances, uh, especially ensemble performances, come organically. And if you're giving the cast, the actors, the performers, the chance to contribute on their own, then it feels like their own. Then you was, have, yeah. was that the atmosphere in the room for Definitely. most of the time? And then to have Julianne and Dan in the room, uh, that's something I always talk about because not every play do you have the playwright, much less you have the composer, you have the lyricist, you have Josh Prince, the choreographer. There was so much play in the room. What draw me, draws me to Trevor continually is that it gets serious. It, you know, it, there's a real actual exploration uh, uh, and gets really dark but there's also so much joy around the creating of it and and the presenting of it that's why the ride is so fun we take you all the way up to this 13 year old running around in school figuring out who he is and then you get to a point where you see the outside factors you know start to take shape and but it's really about finding your voice. And yeah. that for me has been huge as an artist. And to see these people, these you know, 13 through 18 year olds, everyone on stage actually find their voice as an artist at this time, it's been incredible. Right. But there are new pages like almost every day. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was our, yes. our, our, our binders, you know, they were one color, the pages, yeah. they come in new it's colors every day. So it became a rainbow. Our, yeah. our scripts literally became a rainbow yeah. from, yeah. from script pages. Scripts. Yeah, sometimes, exactly. sometimes we'd get a scene four or five times and then they'd be like okay we want you to go back to the, the original first <laughs> the first thing and we would just be like uh, if well, we can remember I, I remember if we can remember what, remember what yeah. it is yeah. Sure. yeah speaking of finding your voice Eli and Tori how do you prepare for the vocal challenges of, of each of your roles uh, when you're especially Eli you're on stage virtually every scene and there is some dialogue in this show I, I wouldn't say that there are long book scenes I remember one in particular but a lot of the show is pretty much just sung through mm-hmm. what's your warm up routine I'll start with you Eli what what kind of warm-up routine do you have? And, and do you have a warm-down routine? I definitely try not to talk at all most of the day, especially like doing school and stuff. That's not so good for a podcast. No, no, no. It's great because I only have one show today. You know, so it's one like it's fine for me. Yeah, you know, one like, show today. Easy. <laughs> but yeah, I try to take advantage of it because as soon as I get to the theater and as soon as I'm in around these guys. I mean, they just get me going. Oh, yeah. We know you just they, I mean, I we just feed off of each other and then the show mm-hmm. and then uh, I don't have a warm down routine, but I definitely do a lot of lip trolls to warm up and I do a little a lot of scales and stuff like that, mm-hmm. sirens and but yeah, mostly lip trolls like, you know, those mm. are the things I've definitely found that has helped. Can you me give me an example of one? <laughs> yeah, Lots excellent. Of that, yeah. Uh, Tori, do you, do, oh, you yeah. guys do like a group vocal warm up before each show, we or are you kind of don't. on your own? Yeah, we're kind of on our own. So since I have school, I try not to scream and yell because it's school. Right. No. But I do drink lots and lots of water because, mm-hmm. in particular, my song it's so high and belty that I I just have to be careful sometimes outside of the show to not be screaming and yelling assemblies for example yes. we had yeah. our yes. homecoming assembly <laughs> yesterday and everyone was screaming and i'm just like i have a show tonight i'm not gonna be screaming well, what is your song what's your song called what's wrong with me what's wrong with me showstopper i don't yes. i'm not gonna put you on the spot so just say no <laughs> could you sing me like eight bars from that sure go for it okay what's wrong with me I want to be together like the couples I see on TV. But you would trade me for a song, so tell me what is wrong with me. 
Excellent. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. We're going to listen to something from the show, the sample of some music from the show. This is a song, I believe, called On With The Show. Yes. Eli, can you set this up for us? When does this song happen and what's actually going on? It is the opening number and it's kind of giving the audience a little bit of everything that's going to happen in the show and background information of me and some of the other characters. Let's listen to a couple of minutes of On With The Show from Trevor the Musical. Well, I can make Coco a boy. I can make whatever changes. Trevor, the program is set and there's just no place in it for you. Sit around and wait, cause my golden dream is up to me. Diana says I shouldn't hesitate, cause there's so much more I've gotta be. So what's your favorite song in the show? Tori, I got to believe that it's probably your song. Yes, I love that song. (laughs) I do. I love all the music. I really do. I love the acapella section and can't wait. It's just a beautiful part. I just love all the songs. They're all really great. Eli, do you have a favorite song or a favorite scene? I love all of these things. Well, you're like, in, you're in all of them, amazing. pretty much. <laughs> yes, I mean, I like Wrong, the one that I'm really trying to like find, and I'm finally realized what's wrong with me and stuff. Right. Not that there is anything wrong no, with I you. I mean, but yeah, yeah, basically. You, you, yeah, you right, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really like, and I hate to say it too, because it's such an emotional song. It's such a mean song but i love invisible oh yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. i don't know there's That's just something so about those yeah. little one quarter note yeah. things and then the little fade out of each word and it's like it just gets me every time you know mm-hmm. it's amazing Tyrone, tell yeah. us a little more about this diana ross oh, uh, presence God. in the show that yes. i've mentioned now yes. and and eli has mentioned again she is absolutely yeah. his fave yes <laughs> what she says well, many quote. times yeah. <laughs> this is 1981 diana ross is at the height of her fame and he is absolutely obsessed with her and she appears to him in sort of imagination sequences frequently either playing right behind his bed singing a song or up on a balcony oh, yeah. or something yeah. what Diana Ross man it's awesome Diana Ross is his, his, his inspiration uh, that, that it's, it's his everything and so even when I first came to the show and seeing that you know this African American artist at this time is who he's looking up to that's a whole story in itself right and so luckily we have Celicia Thomas playing Diana Ross yeah who, she's great the energy oh my god yeah. I don't think there's anyone else who could do it and from day one I remember seeing her smile just once and I was like that's it we have a Diana Ross that's amazing and so throughout the play she serves as you know Trevor's guide she you know when he's down she picks him back up he remembers the lyrics of her songs and that takes him to the next place I think the the writers you know the creators have 
have done a seamless job of putting this idea into play for a musical, which also could be really hard, right? But we get to hear sure, some of her it's, actual stuff. It's, it's quite risky yeah. because people yeah. are going to go, mm, I know Diana Ross. That doesn't look like Diana Ross. It doesn't sound like Diana Yeah, and our but, audience members experienced her music and went right. to her concerts and, you know, so. M- many at writers, yeah, for sure. Definitely, yes. definitely. Yes. So it's, it was, um, I mean, it was, again, it was, I think, a flawless. I, some people were like, I want more of her. I want more of her. But I think that's exactly right and that we have enough. And it, it literally is only to help tell the story. She's, right. she's not taking over the musical, but it's very much so his inspiration. It's his hope. It's how he makes it through. Eli, you're way too young to even really remember <laughs> Diana Ross, uh, though she's still around and oh, she yeah. still yes. tours and she yeah. still does shows. Did you have to do a ton, ton of research about Diana Ross? Did they help you out with that? Not really. really? I mean, wow. surprisingly, I mean, I mean, she's, She's Diana Ross. I mean, yeah, she's like a <laughs> goddess, you know? Like, yeah. There are definitely some songs that I was like, whoa, she sings that? Mm-hmm. Whoa, I didn't know she was that amazing, you know? Yeah. Like, I knew she was amazing, but I didn't know she was like, I'm coming out, and this love. All those songs I knew that she she had done, and so I had, like, a lot of background research, and so I, I had already done some before the show, that I didn't even do for the show. So I love her. She's always been one of my favorites. Unlike Trevor, I always have to sing the Lionel Richie part. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot hear that song without breaking into the the harmony part. Um, And you do it really well. Tyrone, has this experience given you a, a taste to find new musical inspiration and material to work on mounting your own original productions? I mean, you're the artistic director of Definition mm-hmm. Theater. Yeah. You have a particular mission, but the mission does not say it can't be musical. That's right. <laughs> Has this given you some inspiration? I don't know how many times you've worked oh on my a God. new yeah, this, musical yeah, production. This was my second, actually, being on this side of the table of it. Um, I'm actor first, so I've done musicals as an actor, and I love singing, actually. I don't get to do it as much right now just because of how my life is. But doing this show, I, I know what drew me to Trevor was that it was a, a world premiere. Um, you get to see literally, uh, you know, the inception to creation, and you get to watch the cast figure it out. The, you know, right. the band. There's just so many moving parts that a straight play normally does not have. Uh, and I believe that every play uh, should incorporate music in some way. It's the freight train in which God travels, right? That's from Passing Strange. I, I think that something about musicals. Well, it's one people. of Aristotle's poetics. Yeah, I mean, music yeah, is a part of the drama. We need it. Yeah, we it's need always it. part of the drama, whether it's literal music or poetic music. It's, exactly, it's, it's part of any good piece of yeah. drama. And, and so, my I mean, I was elated to, you know, be on this project, Parade being the first musical that I was behind the scenes for with Gary Griffin. And so it's the same space. And so to do that back-to-back actually was, yeah, life-changing. And my managing director doesn't want to hear that. I don't want to do musicals now, but we're gonna, you know, at some point we're going to have to. It is spiritual. It is a, a community thing. It is a coming together that just music, your voice alone changes a story big time. Tori, well, let me ask you, what do you find to be the most hard work in, well, I'm going to call it show business. You're in show business. Is it the eight shows a week? Is it is it keeping vocally fit? Is it keeping up with your schoolwork? What do you find most difficult and challenging? Well, Challenging, right, I guess, is the yeah. better word. Well, right now it's school, because mm-hmm. high school, more homework. <laughs> um, and we also have, they gave all the freshmen Chromebooks, so it's also hard to carry that all around. So school is You have hard. your own Chromebook? <laughs> yeah, they gave all the freshmen oh Chromebooks God. that turn into tablets. Wow. So they're very, very nice. But You know, we, we had stone <laughs> tablets when I was in school. I had to chisel my homework. That, that, that took forever. No, but I love, I love coming to the show every night. I love seeing all my friends. I, I just love coming to the show every night. School is just the main thing that's a little challenging right now. Right. So going to the theater is really kind of yes. the break. That's yes. the fun thing you on do. Monday, on Monday, I, I just don't know what to do after oh. school because <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're th- come on, showtime. Yeah. But no. How are you, Eli? What do you find most challenging about this business we call show? And you, you've been doing it for quite some time now. When did you start? How old were you when you first had your agent and you started doing commercial work or uh, being on stage? Six, my, seven? Yeah, like seven. Like and seven. And then my first professional like musical was until I was nine. 
So. Oh, you, you an, so long. You, an old man. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm, well, I mean, I don't know. It's just something that we all love to do, and it's kind of weird to think of it as work. You definitely have to act professional and because you are definitely in a professional environment and everything but it's weird to think of it as work because it it's for us it's a playtime you know like it's something that we all love to do so i don't really find anything really hard about it it's it's fun it's it's the fun thing that you do right like like ice hockey was and we choose it too it's something that we chose and we're not doing it for someone else or we're doing it for ourselves, so mm-hmm. I feel like when you really have a passion for it, you don't you try you make it work. Was it more difficult to get the cast to understand what was going on in 1981 and how those attitudes were remarkably different, Tyrone? Not really, actually. The, the cast surprisingly, um, you know, once we talked about it, and and Mark again, Bruni was just exquisite in the way he handled it and in talking about it. But something I learned from him was, you know, we, there is no sugarcoating, right? And, and the truth is the truth. And that's, again, something he was driving after. So after having the conversations, I felt like it, it was no-brainers. They they got it. They mm-hmm. understood what it meant. And unfortunately, there are some parallels that are still happening today. It still covers issues where, you know, as a theater, as writer's theater, presenting this play, this musical, you could have audience members, you know, push back from the entire experience mm. or, you know, shut out from the beginning just by hearing about what it's about. So it, it, it wasn't, you know, luckily, again, we had a great cast who more than rose to the occasion and they were ready to tell this story. Yeah. And, and it, as, as you said, then they're now friends, you know, they, they did the thing that theater does best is create community and awareness, right, of, of, of issues and ideas that people don't always think about. Something about Trevor, too, that it's not only being, being about gay, about being different, about being an outsider. And we've all felt that at some point. So there's an in for everyone. There, yeah, for sure, and an in for the audience. Yes. I mean, we've all felt yes or experienced something mm-hmm. along those lines. Uh, I'm going to play another musical excerpt from the show Ooh, for nice. our listeners. This is something called "I Can't Wait." <laughs> oh, yeah. Do we know that? Do we know that number, Tori? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tori, why don't you yeah. tell us this time? Set us up. What's going on here? And okay. I can't wait. So this is where um, Trevor tries to prove to Jason that he is Jason is is um, Pinky's best friend who thinks that Trevor is gay and in this song Trevor asks Kathy to the quality court which is a place where the football team goes before the talent show it's an abandoned motel yes. out uh-huh. on the highway yes. right and, and, and they go there to make out yep. and to neck and do mm-hmm. whatever high yes. school kids do these yep. days or those days I guess mm-hmm. right and this and Trevor's trying to prove to Jason that he's not gay by taking Kathy here and Kathy's very excited and Kathy about going is right? very excited because she's like oh Trevor likes me finally <laughs> right but yeah and you have a whole routine about taking out your rubber bands. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. My gosh. Get, getting ready for the big moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen to <laughs> I Can't Wait from the Quality Courts. The Quality Courts is a pretty bizarre place. I mean, yes. It would be an incredible place to stage West Side Story. But aside from that, I don't understand why anyone would find it romantic. What are you doing? I've got to take out my rubber bands. Right. This is gonna be easy. This is gonna be too good to forget. This is gonna be nothing. Can't believe we have started yet. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. I guess I just thought it would be a little more romantic here and less dirty. What do you mean? Look, from over here you can see the water tower and we can sit on these cinder blocks, which is way better than the ground. This is really romantic. This is gonna be everything but nice. This is gonna be sexy. I can't wait, can't wait, I can't wait for that one bar. 
Eli, Tori, do you like doing press and PR for the show? I mean, essentially, appearing on this program is, is kind of a PR move. Do you, do you enjoy doing that? Do you enjoy promoing the show and, and speaking on radio and doing stuff I, like that? I love it. This is my first time ever doing a podcast, so this is very exciting. Yeah. Eli, you've probably done a lot of press on the show, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did some couple things last week for the Tribune and stuff, so yeah, I love it. I feel like I know I have a good sense of the show, obviously, right? Sure. You know, like, I, better. Yeah. so, yeah, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I love doing it, and I love promoting the show. I think it's so much fun, and I hope that everyone comes and sees it, because I think we do have something really special. Yeah. What do you get asked most by interviewers when you're talking about the show? About the show or about me? About you, about the show. Do you get asked a frequent question? Yeah, it's how I started in theater, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them always say, like, you hardly get off the stage. That is something <laughs> that comes out yeah. a lot from interviewers and stuff. Tori, who are your favorite performers? Who do you take inspiration from? I, I realize you're only 14, mm -hmm. but do you have some favorite performers, either stage performers or film? or? or? Um, definitely Christian Chenoweth, because... I'm very short for my age, and I just look up to her because I'm like, oh, she's small like me. She's amazing. And the first ever show I saw in Chicago professionally was Wicked. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my dream role is to be Elphaba. That's what I want to be when I'm older. Well, you know, it's coming back. It is. It um, is, and I want to go see it. She should go knock on the stage door. <laughs> yes. Let me in. Yes. All dressed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in heels, of course. Ready to go. And say, uh, here I am, world. <laughs> yes. How about you, Eli? Do you have uh, favorite performers? Do you have people who inspire you? Oh, yes. I do love Martin Short. Comedy is such a hard thing to portray, I feel. It's always been one of the hardest things for me. So just the fact that him and Jimmy Fallon, like, I mean, like, I love all those guys. But I also do admire Matthew Morrison a lot, you know, I think. Uh, you were in uh, Finding Neverland yeah. with, with Matthew Morrison, uh, mm -hmm. the, the J.M. Barry play about uh, Peter Pan and the writing of Peter Pan, right? Right. He really had a big impact on my life. We, we still keep in contact, you know, like, he's really humble and he's really stayed true to his roots and someone with that much success you know it's it's rare that you hear that and to work with him was just such an honor yeah he's so. an awfully talented man yes isn't he? oh my gosh he's incredible you might get a sense of some of his talent on glee but that's not that's the tip of the iceberg oh yeah mm -hmm. he's just remarkably remarkably good how about you uh, tyrone who's inspiring you these oh days what do you uh, i know you you've got all kinds of irons yeah. in the fire acting directing writing you're running a theater company you're working with your mm -hmm. high school uh, how do you keep inspired man uh, kevin spacey is someone that my mind always goes to he's artistic director he's a director he's an actor he does it all kind of too and then man i mean this city these people the people i work with honestly the artists inspire me like trevor was something that i didn't even know i needed right and i got in the room and i was like oh my god this show is speaking to me like at a weird a weird place when doing all these different jobs Still staying true to yourself and being centered and realizing what your voice is. Sometimes it can get muddy. Just, you know, different parts of you you're, you're putting out there. But Trevor really was, I mean, I, I just go back to sitting there with Mark the, one, the last time he was going to see the show before we opened. And that moment of letting go and, and watching the artist live in, in the, the, all the work you've done for weeks and weeks. But then it becomes theirs and, and they share that with the audience, which is the most important part. Um, but watching them take flight, oh my God, tears. Tears of like, I feel like, sure. a, I feel like a parent for the first time ever. I was like, what is this feeling oh, that's coming over me so of, of nice. joy? But honestly, yeah. we're, we're there and you know, the, the standing ovation happened and we're standing there. I'm just like writing notes in the dark crying. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a very special, 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 not even musical like experience, yeah. you know, yeah. overall. These people in this room were, it was great to work with all of them. Yeah, Chicago in general, the, the performing community can be an inspiration all by in itself. Itself. In itself. Everybody you meet who's in the world of theater and who works very hard and is trying to make a, either a living yeah. or just a life doing it. 
always is extremely inspiring. I mentioned uh, in the opening that this is being produced in conjunction with U Rock Theatricals. U, the letter U, Rock Theatricals. Uh, it's a group of young producers who aim to create a new generation of intelligent and relevant musicals, ultimately for a Broadway audience. Yeah. So let me ask you, Eli, <laughs> Broadway... <laughs> <laughs> I hope like, so. Yeah, right. Oh my Let's gosh! And hopefully it's soon enough because you know, yeah. like I the realize voice. I'm 14, <laughs> but like, and it's it's barely holding, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, I, Let's do I it. Mean, <laughs> We better do it in yeah. December for right. all I know. You know? Um, I mean, yeah, but definitely, hopefully. I don't really yeah. care if I'm in this musical, you know. It's always going to be a part of my life if I do it or not on Broadway, but I hope so. I do. And I know it will come because I know it's a story that needs to be told and that everyone will fall in love with. Um, I just can't wait to see where it goes. Tori, Broadway, is it going? I, Are you going? I hope so. If if it goes, even if I'm not in it, I will fly out to New York <laughs> yes. just to go see it. Yeah. I will. Well, you, you certainly have the stature to always be considered 13 or 14. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm not sure. Who knows? You know, by the time you're a sophomore, you could sprout and be on the volleyball yeah. team or something oh, like that. Uh, maybe not the volleyball <laughs> well, no, we'll team. We'll see about that. How about this? How about a cast album? I think because yeah, I, I, I no, think the way that. this show is right now, it's vocally, mm-hmm. it's absolutely beautiful, and the orchestrations are sublime. Yes, um, yes. the whole band back there Everything. is really great. Has there been any discussion about making there, an album? There, I mean, uh, oh no, I don't. I don't think so. Not yet. Should we I'm get sure, Halberstam on the now. phone? There it is. Boom. Yes. I think we just did oh my God, it. Please. I think we just did it. I think we just did it. Let's do we, it. We could do it right here Let's do in it. the booth yes. windows. Yes. I could have you in individually, and you could just sing the numbers because. Amazing. You know. It's amazing. Again, like you don't find a cast that does this all the time. Like you, it's, yeah. it's a special, special moment where everything, you know, music, band, everything comes together. Something I don't want to neglect. So I, I think we'll talk about it now. Uh, Trevor, the movie uh, spawned something called the Trevor yes. Project. Uh, the Trevor Project is the premier organization, nonprofit organization, providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ teens and young adults. Tyrone, tell us a little bit more about this nonprofit organization. It's amazing, uh, and uh, Mary Pat, who's one of the you know sponsors for the show, I learned a lot more through her, and 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 had to look them up, obviously. But the, again, it's it's an outlet. It's it's there's a support. There is someone there who will not only just guide you through, but let you know that you are okay. Let you know that you know there are things that you are gonna question your whole life and there may not be answers for. It's a very impressive organization. They are behind the musical 150%, which is also really great to have their support. And I mean, that's really what it's all about. I can't do any shows now that don't have a real meaning or a way of helping our communities. And entertainment for entertainment's sake is just, I think, played out. Uh, lots of people came up to Eli and then, you know, surprising him, like, that's my story. A lot of people come up and there's, there's an impact that it gives them hope, it gives them inspiration. It, it, it's, it's, man, it's, again, it's magical and crazy to see because I get to now watch the audience. My, you know, my trick is to, to watch the audience as they're experiencing the show since I've seen it so many times. And there's usually not a dry eye in the house at a certain points of the I didn't musical. see any dry yeah, eyes in the house when I went. And again, it gets, it gets down, it gets you know, kind of scary, but that is life. You know, we have moments in life where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, even me, sometimes I wake up like, what am I doing with my life? Am I actually making a difference? You're right. Um, and this this show, man, I, it more than makes a difference. And having the foundation around it and having people who really need to see this, who need to know that you're not alone, who need to know that there are many people feeling similar things that you're doing. Not exactly the same thing, right? But that... There is hope and it can get better. I think you leave this musical feeling that and, and supercharged by the energy of the musical as well. Yeah, The Trevor Project can be found at thetrevorproject.org. Uh, trained counselors are there yes. uh, to support you 24-7, 365. If you are a young person in crisis, feeling suicidal, or in need of a safe and judgment-free place to yes. talk... Call the Trevor Lifeline. They call it the Lifeline now. Their number is 866-488-7386. I'll tell you that again. 866-488-7386. Eli, what's up next for you? 
other than Broadway. <laughs> Broadway. Oh my goodness, I hope so. In science um, class. Right, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> totally. Science. Like, oh, you know, school, right now, obviously. like, being, because now that I'm not in New York right now, so I, I'm away from school, you know, so I still have, like, a tutor and everything, but I know that I'm going to come back and I'm not going to have all the work done that I need to. So kind of, like, for the first month I'm back there, I definitely just want to focus on school. It is my first year of high school, so... I do want to make sure that my grades are all good. So just that for now. I mean, definitely auditioning for stuff and hopefully, yeah, the Broadway, you know, and uh, maybe even a movie, hopefully. Whoa, I mean, like, that'd be yeah. cool, too. That would be cool. Yeah. How about you, Tori? What's next for you after um, this? Obviously, school as well. School, but I'm in my that. school musical, Footloose. And Footloose. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Everybody cut Footloose. Nice. Yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, you have you started rehearsals for that yet? Yes, we have. Oh, awesome, yep. Tyrone. How about you? I know you're busy. I know you're yeah. doing this play with yeah. your uh, old high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, uh, writing a play called We the People for Niles North High School, and then I'll go into rehearsals in October. And I come back to writers actually in the winter though to direct the MLK Project, which is their education show that travels you know around Chicago public schools and teaches the story of Martin Luther King's legacy. Mm-hmm. So this is the second year they've invited me back to do that, and so to be a director in that capacity, I'm very excited. It's still very new, but also weirdly right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. What's the next thing for Definition Theater Company? Yeah, Definition. We just closed an Octoroon at Victory Gardens, and mm-hmm. so we'll have another show in January. Wonderful we, play. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we're we're thrilled to be a new resident there, and so you know we have a home, which is a huge step for us. We just turned five years old. We had some great advisory board members, including Felicia Rashad, who just joined us. I read that uh, so, on your Facebook yes, page or something. We're kind of living the dream right now in That's a weird crazy. way, and the band is still happy. You know, the ensemble, we're, we're still great friends. That's and I, great. I, you know, I, I met these people in, in college, um, called my chosen family, and and really, it's it's a blessing to have a group of people to to push you through. You know, this industry as well to have that support all along, which I'm, I'm sure these yeah. guys will have now yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. We play a little bit of a parlor game on Booth One once in a while. It's called Chat Pack. Oh. It's kind of unknown questions. I, I don't know Uh-oh. what's on these little cards. <laughs> they were chosen at random. But oh I want gosh. all of us to I want all of us to play. So okay. I'm going to ask Tori to choose one of these, no. read it out loud, and then we'll answer it. And it's okay. it can be personal, it could be just inspirational, it could be anything. So why don't you grab one of those? Anyone? There you go. Whenever you are having a bad day, what is the best thing you can do to help cheer yourself up? Oh, I love that. One of my favorite places uh, is the Rocks at Northwestern. I literally out sit on the out on the lake. Exactly, there. I sit there. Big giant boulders. It's amazing. It just sticks out as a promontory, and out you can there. see the entire city, like the the skyline there. And so for me, I internalize, I guess. I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to take over that city. Like, that's home. And I want people to know me there. And it, whenever I'm feeling down, I actually I get in the car if I can, if I, 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 no matter what time. And I'll go and just sit on a bench and look out at the city. There's also, you know, the, the, obviously the lake is there. And yeah. there's trees. There's nature as well to mix. So, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite place. Eli, what about you? Do you have something that you do when you're having a bad day that kind of will immediately cheer you up or turn you around? I would want to go... T- to someone that I could really rely on. I would go to my friends and don't not even cheer me up, just get my mind off things. Like go to a go to Central Park or something. So that's do you find, what I would do. Do you find that going to the theater each night kind of changes your attitude no absolutely. matter how bad a day you've had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When you walk through the stage door and there's your comrades in arms. Uh, you, I feel like I become a different changes. person. There are definitely days where I I'm upset about, I don't know, missing my family maybe some days. Um, I definitely walk through that theater and I see these guys happy and smiling and it just makes me, (laughs) it just makes me happy, you know? So if I see that, then I'm, I'm in a better mood. Yeah. How about you, Tori? That's actually the same for me. With high school, it's been a little stressful and like there's been days where I have been upset and I go to the theater and I see everyone there and it just makes me happier. I guess for me, it's either doing this show, if I'm having a bad day, and we usually record this sort of in the late afternoon. This is a little early for us today. But doing this show and having guests and just listening to their personal stories, 
cheers me up immensely. Either that or cooking a meal. I just love to cook, <laughs> yes. and I love to make great food. Let's do one more chat pack, because uh, I think we just have a few more minutes left. And I'll ask Eli yeah. to do it this time. Oh, if you were told that you could watch only one television show a week for the next 12 months, which show would you choose to watch? One television show oh my goodness. for a year. Could only watch one television show for a year. Well, you're busy these days. You've got yeah. lots of homework mm-hmm. now, and you go to the theater at night, so you probably aren't yeah. watching a lot of TV. No. But you have a chrome tablet so yes. you could <laughs> yes. you could watch yes. during chemistry I could, I, I could people do do that I'm sure um, Tyrone yeah, are I, you a TV watcher I, you know my life man <laughs> not really um, no but but I, I'm a 90s baby so I love like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yes. I love the Cosby oh, yes. like, these are things yeah. that I grew up on so if I was stuck watching them again for a year I'd probably be a-okay cool yeah Eli, new any thoughts? I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like, yes. I like Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince. Yes, you know, I like Friends. Full House. I like How I Met Your Mother. Full House. Yes, yes definitely. definitely. Mother. Yeah. One of the newest shows yeah. that I've watched, and I love it, and I can't stop, is uh, Flash and Supergirl. <gasps> oh, nice. Yeah. You know, I, and I'm not even like a, like a superhero <laughs> person, you know? Flash and I never thought so that good. I would ever <laughs> like that. But I don't know. I loved it. Cool. And you, Tori? Well, if I could watch one show, it would be America's Got Talent. Oh, my God. I love yes. that show. <laughs> I love it. I I love Simon Cowell. Oh, my gosh. I, I do. I do. Can you say it again? What? Yeah, Simon, Cowell. Simon Cowell. Yeah, you're about, you're about the third what? person in America who loves Simon Cowell, I think. Yes. I loved watching X Factor, but then it... Not in America anymore. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Not. Uh, well, sort of along those same lines, I've been hooked for 16 years on Project Runway. Oh, oh nice. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I yes. love Project Runway. Yes. Yeah, I do. they're in their 16th season, yeah. and I've seen every single episode. No way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> my sister loves Love Show. I don't watch the extra stuff. Like, they have this social oh, no. thread thing, and then they have behind the scenes with the models. Who cares? Mm-mm, no. I, I, I just <laughs> like the competition. Yes. What I like particularly about it is that you really succeed on your talent. Right. If you, if you don't produce something mm. great, then you're not going to move forward in this kind of reality right. show. Mm-hmm. And, and even some of the best designers get right. 86, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. very early on because they have a bad right. week and they come yeah. up with some rag that right. really Right, like those challenges a, where they have to get things from like, like the recycling like center. Like the recycling one. <laughs> yeah, and then some, that. they have good ideas, but then they just don't work out in the end. Follow through, man. Yeah. yeah. No? Well, thank you to our guests, Eli Tokash, Tori Waples, and Tyrone Phillips. I got that right, didn't yes. I? Yes. <laughs> For taking the time to grace Booth One with your presence today. I know you have to get to the theater to prepare for a performance, Tori, especially yeah. you, but you've been wonderful guests. And we are so appreciative of your insight and candor and your willingness to share your Trevor experiences with us. Trevor the Musical is running through October 8th, just about to be extended another week, which I think they're announcing in like 24 hours or something. So get more information and tickets at writerstheater.org or you can call 847-242-6000, 847-242-6000. Hey, if you like what you hear on Booth One, you can support our efforts in bringing you the finest in the art of lively conversation and scintillating guests by going to our website at www.booth-one.com and clicking on the donate button. It's quick, it's easy, and more importantly, it's fully tax deductible. Something you might want to invest in, Tyrone. Oh, man. (laughs) Any contribution would be greatly appreciated. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. For Booth One and my guests today, this is Gary Zabinski saying so long and keep listening. Keep listening.